This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the AfterBuzz TV show for AEW Dynamite. We are coming to you live from all across Southern California, and have we got a show for you. But before we get started with the Elite of the Week and talking about Mike Tyson and everything else, let me first introduce to you the amazing people I get to work with today. First up, he's joining us again, ladies and gentlemen. He is a purveyor of all things combat sports. Let's hear for Cedric. Cedric, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on and talk to some AEW guys. I'm still reeling from the Stadium Stampede match, if I'm being totally honest. That was a once-in-a-lifetime one for sure. And also with us, we have a guy who loves frozen yogurt. Let's hear it for Flobo, everybody. That's yeah, true. I love frozen yogurt. I can't stand his menchies or, or pinkberry. I'm all about it. Thanks for the <laughs> And of course, I am your benevolent host. They call me Fancy Jack Farmer. And I want to get right into it. So much stuff happened today. But before we start diving into the minutia, the details, uh, said, what did you think about the show overall? I thought it was great, man. I thought we had a lot of good spots. Speaking of Tyson, I, I'm interested to see where this thing is going. Jericho is obviously selling it. Henry Cejudo was in his entourage. If nobody saw that, he just retired from MMA recently. I, don't, I just want to see how it all plays out. Yeah, it's going to be fun. How about you, Flobo? I was a little bit concerned how it started with the whole uh, championship T-shirts being already printed. It was a very, very awesome thing, but I thought it would devolve into a bunch of jokes and, and all that. But we got some great matches, some setups for the next pay-per-view, which even though AEW doesn't have as many, it does seem the bill starts from show one, which I really, really appreciate. Yeah, I love that they, they had a great video package to start things off, really wrapping up Double or Nothing well. Uh, something I noticed in the crowd, too, Dark Order there, kind of tucked away in the back, uh, kind of like the flock it reminded me of a lot there. This episode overall, to me, felt like it was AEW saying this is the rebirth of the tag team division, though. There was tons of tag team matches, lots of tag team stuff on the line. Tag team division in general was sort of put in back seat for a little bit during this whole uh, pandemic era, but now it's back uh, front and center, it seems. And we start off with a, a match that uh, was a six-man tag team match. Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks versus Private Party and Joey Janela. Before we get into the big reveal at the end of this match, I want to break things down first. We got a little promo with Matt Hardy uh, and the Young Bucks uh, deciding which Matt Hardy they're going to use. And they ended up saying they're going to go with the spot monkey look. Uh, Cedric, are you digging Matt Hardy changing his character uh, so quickly back and forth? Or do you feel like this sort of makes it a little too silly? 
Um, I think I was on here last time and I told you guys I totally don't get the Matt Hardy gimmick, but ever since I saw the stadium stampede, I'm kind of warming up to it. So if he's able to change his characters mid-match, I'm kind of here for it. I think it's quirky, wacky, but that's what wrestling is. We got to suspend our beliefs a little bit and it, and it works for him if he has like these multiple personas he can just whip out of there like that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that, uh, almost like Orange Cassidy on paper, I'm like, no, you can't do that. But then every time he's out there, I have a huge grin on my face and I'm enjoying the show. So it's hard, it's hard to argue that. Uh, they ended up, uh, I, I thought, you know, Matt Hardy was changing outfits a lot, but the Young Bucks, I like their outfits today. But, but Flobo, I want to ask you, you are the resident Joey Janela fan club president. <laughs> he got his chance. It's an empty room, Jack. <laughs> what did you think about your boy, Joey Janela? How did he, how did he do? Did you like him in this match? Uh, and his placement, or did it feel, I don't know, to me it felt a little lopsided of tag teams here. But uh, tell me I, I want to ask a question. Playoffs. I'm going to answer your question first. It was, it was kind of like Joey Janela was tacked on. It was like, hey, Joey, you're around? You're out there in that match. Uh, because like, you know what it reminds me of? Especially with Matt Hardy. It reminds me of going to your friend's house. If you have a Nintendo, your friend had the Sega Genesis, and you went over, you bet to play NBA Jam or something, or, or NBA Live, <laughs> and you take your local team. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but if you pick the Knicks, okay, but if you're stuck in Milwaukee, you're picking the Bucks in the 90s, and your friend picks the NBA All-Star team, that's what it feels like with Matt Hardy, because he comes out with like eight different personas. How you rank, how kind of, and he looked, like fit is a fiddle too. He looks super young coming out today compared to Damascus and all that. So there was no chance, man. I, I was rocking with the elite. I can't lie. I was rocking with them. It, it was really interesting. He looked like something about putting on those. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline older tights made him look like he was in better shape and i'll say matt hardy i think this was his best in-ring performance in aew so far as well i don't know if he was just feeling it because he had the tights or because he had the young bucks with him uh but he was, i thought he did a, a great job uh, today in the ring I, I agree with you i think i, I saw these two going at it you know i saw the lineup and i thought there's no way for private party uh cedric i want to ask you is this something we talked about a little bit on on the Double or Nothing After Show, but Private Party came into AEW with a lot of like underdog fanfare as far as like getting big wins and getting big pushes. It seems like this pandemic era, they weren't able to be on TV and it feels like they lost a lot of that momentum. Do you think they have a long way to get back to that tag team title spot or is it like, eh, they'll be fine and they'll be right back in the mix of things? I don't know if they'll get back to the top spot because obviously we have some new teams that they're pushing right now, but I, I think they have been a, a victim of having no fans in the crowd. They're a big fan favorite team, feed off that energy, but I think they'll be back soon. I think once we get back to normal, we'll get some fans, you see those fans are really behind them, just like fans are behind the best friends. They just need that audience to kind of get them back in that spot because I feel like AEW, better than any other company, they have their ear on the pulse of what the fans like. Yeah, and you know, there there were some fans out in the crowd, and a couple of them go by the name The Butcher and The Blade. 
I don't know if they looked like the butcher and the blade the way they were dressed. I think the they were house like painters, was, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I think they were suspenders. The blade looked like he was supposed to be selling a uh, bounty quicker picker upper. Uh, but uh, I, I know I can't pull off suspenders the way he does. I know I, I can't. I, I was thinking it. Like, Maybe I should wear suspenders. I'm like, nah, it's not going to be the same, Jack. Uh, it was. It was interesting. It was a great way of sort of bringing them back into the tag team fold, but they kind of took a hard L here in this uh, in this situation. They came out, they were beating people up, but then they got wiped out, and then they came back, but then they got wiped out again, and then they came back and they got wiped out again. I've always been a huge fan of Butcher and the Blade. I think their look is cool. They wrestle cool. Flobo, is this a lost cause, though? Is this my Joey Janela? Uh, I, you know, I think so. I don't want to see, see your thunder, but it looked like it was out of the 50s where an old school truck rolled up and he beat two milkmen. That's what it looked like. And it sucked because two months ago, the Butch and the Blade were the most talked about tag team and the Bunny as well. It was like, what are they about? They're hard hitting, they're vicious. But today I went, ugh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was it was interesting because, yeah, they were wearing all white where they wore all black before, which is not a big deal. But then you also see... Allie on the outside, no longer in her uh, bunny outfit. And now looking like she's going back to the way she used to be before, makes me wonder if maybe Butcher and the Blade are gonna be repackaged soon. But look, we're not here for Butcher and the Blade. We're not even here for the Young Bucks at this point. FTR, roll up. And I don't know what it is about AEW, but when these when people come from other other companies and they roll up into AEW for some reason, they just look like bigger stars to me. Cedric, am I crazy? Did they not seem like a bigger deal than they had seemed maybe a few months ago? I think it's because we know everything they've gone through, uh, like under wraps for the past couple months, but they definitely had a better uh, truck entrance than Cody Rhodes a couple weeks ago. A lot <laughs> yeah, cooler, did. didn't, didn't hit the rail or anything <laughs> like that. It seemed tough. Or actually, they, they yeah. hopped out the car a little bit sooner than Cody Rhodes. It, they played yeah. it well, you know? Yeah, yeah, they learned from his mistake. His, that was no good. Cody, I love you. That was no good. That was not a good spot. Uh, so, Flobo, we were, uh, we were talking about what FTR stands for, and we, we're not really sure. I don't think they said at any point. Uh, we had some – this is a family show, so we, we heard what it might be, but I don't think yeah. we're going to say it on the, on the show. I think it means uh, Farmer the Radical – one radical i don't know i'm trying to trying to find that's, that's what it stands for man it's, uh, <laughs> for the people the, radical. the uh i, I want to ask you though this is just a silly question but we got some holy s chance during this and it happens in wrestling all the time and i think it's okay because you can't control what the crowd says but the crowd is actually the wrestlers now <laughs> Should AEW yeah. get in trouble for breaking some uh, some language rules if they have their own guys chanting it? If not, yes, absolutely. <laughs> why, why did you do that? You know, Fight for <laughs> yeah, it was kind of an odd moment because I guess I was I was more uh, entertained with the commentary of like, what are they doing here? I think they want to fight. But you're right. Not to mention it, having the crowd actually chant that seems like, hey, wait a minute, you're on the wrong program. So. Yeah, it, you know, it's a, I, it always it's always funny to me when the announcers are like, "What are they doing here? Oh, they're pro wrestlers coming to a pro wrestling show. What do you think they're doing there? They're not there to sell magazine subscriptions. Like, of course they're there to fight. Yeah, just do a uh, news week. <laughs> they, <laughs> little, little if you get rolling, Memorial so, Day barbecue. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, so they they go nose to nose with the young bucks, and this is the matchup that I think a lot of tag team purists and, and lovers have been wanting to see for a very long time because they're two teams that have always said they're the best tag teams in the world. Though I always shake my finger at both of them. If you don't have the titles, you can't call yourself the best in the world. There we go. That, that said, they I love how they did the like they were like teased they were going to fight, but they had no actual fighting between the two of them. Uh, Cedric, are you excited for this match? Is this something you think they should hold off? Oh. Do you think they say, look, this is what we want to see. Let's give the people what they want. How do you stand on those two teams possibly going at it? Build it up, have a war words on social media, hold it off. No, no contact until uh, fighter fest. I just want to see the stare downs, the promo work. Cause we know it's going to be a money match. These are two of the best tag teams in the world right now. This has been teased, I think, for at least since 2018. And it's like, yeah. we're, we're going to love it. We're going to all tune in and watch it regardless. So they should just keep us on the edge of our seats every single time. Tonight was Chef's Kiss. Just stare them down, let so, you know that we're here. <laughs> do you, so to follow up on that, if, if you're running things at AEW, do you have uh, FTR have a few matches to get some wins and maybe build some momentum? Or do you completely save them to debut against the Young Bucks? Nope. I don't have them. Have, they have no matches. We know what they're capable of. We know their track record. We just want them versus the Young Bucks. And if anything, I have them every time the Young Bucks has a tag team match, I have FTR come out and just beat up the guys in front of the Young Bucks and just walk off. Just leave. Ooh, like, we have that I type like of that. mind control over you guys. Whenever y'all ready for the smoke, you know where we're at. I like that because then it also puts the it, it makes them look tough as well, taking out all the other tag teams along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, it's funny. I don't know about you guys. Like, I like the Young Bucks. Uh, I feel like I'm surprised every time they have a match, though. For some reason, every time they like blow me away with a match, for some reason, I'm surprised every single time. Uh, I know they're great, but for some reason, I'm always like, oh wow, they are really good. Same with the uh, FTR, by <laughs> the way. Uh, you know who? You know what else always surprised me with how good it is. It's the programming on AfterBuzz TV. Flobo, can you do everyone a huge favor and let them know where they can find shows like this and other shows? Uh, That's like true, man. From whole beginnings, AfterBuzz TV became one of the more premier digital networks on the entire planet. And we did that with your support. And we to do that, continue to need your support even more. So if you're listening right now, you're streaming, like, comment, say something about the show that we always can read after the fact so we can improve the show for you. and if you're like me, you're like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Give us five stars because stars one through four do not work. Just say, hey, look, five stars, great show. I love the fact that FTR stands for Jack, wait, Farmer the Realist. Ah, thanks, Haywood. The Appreciate Realist. That. That's better than that. And that bubble, guys, you go in every single show in the network. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, of our heart, and thank you for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. And as always, got to shout out our live studio audience. We got Boza, we got Wong, we got Matthews, we got Dang, we got Charlene. Charlene. So thank you guys all so much for tuning in. You're the ones that are the real MVPs. You know, uh, that was a great promo, Flobo, I got to say. Someone else had a good promo. Someone else had a really good one. Britt Baker came out. Yes. Britt Baker came out. And I'm telling you guys, you know you are on to something. You know your character is firing on all cylinders. You know that you are doing big things 
when you're injured and you're not going to be able to get into a ring for a long time and they still have you coming out cutting promos. This was so fun, not only in how she acted, but how she talked about the conspiracy and putting, you know, yarn on the paper and, and, and blaming Aubrey Edwards. Uh, Cedric, how did you feel about how Britt Baker is handling the injury? I think she's handling it perfectly. She came out with the charts, had her Jessica Jones on with the detective work, mapping everybody out, who's <laughs> yeah. trying to put the head on her. Honestly, she has the most, uh, she's the best character in the women's division. Mm-hmm. She has a unique character. And I think she was on some big things. It's really unfortunate that she got hurt. Yeah, it's, it's interesting going back to that first promo she did where she was trying to be a, a villain. And it felt like it wasn't there. It felt a little awkward. And then after that, it just bang, took off and has been amazing ever since. Uh, Global Brit says she knows some very high-ranking people over at TNT. But at the end of the day, once you connected all the dots, she really called out Aubrey Edwards. I think this is smart because she can have sort of a rivalry that isn't in the ring. She uh, to be back by All Out. Do you like the idea of uh, Aubrey Edwards becoming more of a a character that is interacted with? The thing is, that ship has already sailed. See, Aubrey Edwards, for whatever, for good or for bad, she's a character people know, identify, and have feelings towards. Why not use that? Because her role and Aubrey's role is supposed to be objective, she could be the perfect foil for Britt Baker without actually having to have a stare down or a contract signing. Same with Tony Giovanni. Oh man, Tony, he's not gonna backhand Britt Baker. He's not, because he's, he's an upstanding gentleman. So you have these mm-hmm. people to work against her and make it look like she's that more devious. I think everybody wins. Uh, is it a long-term option? No, because there's certain lines you don't want to cross. We all hate it when Michael Cole had a WrestleMania match and beat Jerry Lawler at Mania. Uh, but when it comes down to people like that stepping up, why not? Why not get Britt Baker over? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And it also gives that division that much needed uh, non-title match storyline to, to start building that division even more. Uh, something else that built, uh, and this was probably what a lot of people thought was the biggest shock of the show uh was the end of the show the pep rally but before the pep rally even happened as you guys alluded to before the uh uh i love the fact that they got the championship shirts before they (laughs) the the match it's just perfect perfectly done uh my question though cedric is they do these bits and they are fantastic they're hilarious but these guys are supposed to be the the biggest villains in the company. How do you not love them after stuff like this? Do they use this a little too much? Are they a little too funny to be guys we're supposed to hate? I think they're playing it perfectly, man. I think we're in the in the generation where the 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 lines between hills and faces aren't really drawn anymore because people are going to cheer for the hills regardless. If you can't enjoy what Jericho's doing in this twilight of his career, then what's really going on? I mean, unless he is doing something completely dastardly. Of course, you'll boo him. But it's hard to not like the Inner Circle. It really is. I love the Inner Circle. They are some of my favorite favorite characters in wrestling right now. And someone who's also been so good, and I've I've sung his praises many times, but Sammy Guevara, getting the little scooter. I mean, I love how it seems like every week Sammy Guevara gets more injured. (laughs) And he has got like... More like crutches and neck braces and scooters and things. Uh, is is uh, Fobo Sammy Guevara? 
he's a star, man. Is he not a star? I mean, I, I say it all the time. I mention it all the time. Is he there? Is he just already there? Like, he gets it, right? Yeah, this is this is one of the two instances tonight where I thought the torch was being passed. Because seeing Sammy Guevara today and, and being over the moon of getting a scooter, <laughs> uh, that to me was a, being run over a couple weeks ago to the point where it's in the intro now. Um, it reminds me a lot of Jericho 98, Jericho 97, 98, where, the, you know, the arm bar or, or even the, the mm-hmm. Y2J, Summer Sham. Uh, yeah, it's comedy for comedy's sake, but that's the one that makes you go home from the arena once arenas open up again. Like, that guy was pretty interesting. I want to know more about them. So on the long-term play, if you want to put your chips in the Sam Guevara being all elite for a long while, it's perfect for him because that's a way of making him stick out. And it's, he's come a long way in that first episode of Dynamite where Cody Rhodes had to cover a 10-minute package to sell a match that episode to being, oh, Sam's coming out. He is Spanish God. Let's go see it. And, you know, it's actually smart, too, because it's almost like him losing helps continue what he's doing. I have a feeling that Scooter is going to be like Darby Allen's skateboard. I think he's going to roll with that thing for a long time, probably much longer. Uh, Flo, but you'll appreciate this. It'll be a bit like that that vest that D'Lo used to wear, I think. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, Cedric, I got, I got, I got an extra figure from D'Lo for Christmas, and it comes with an attachable chest plate. I was so excited. That's dope. <laughs> yes. That's the first thing I think about when I think of D'Lo besides the head wobble. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you guys see so, the picture of Jericho with Sammy when he was like m- maybe okay. like 10 or 9? Yeah. Yes. That's so cool. Like Perfect that's mentor. Gotta, Where would you hear that's got to be a little weird for Jericho though. Like, wow, I feel old. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but it's, such a, it's such a weird small world when you think of it like that. Um, the big story here is... Chris Jericho calls out Mike Tyson and I want to give credit here because they use so much continuity in this promo and in this build. First of talking about the moment 10 years ago on a Monday night, of course we know when Tyson punched Jericho, uh, but also him saying to Tyson, I want uh, an apology. It reminded me so much of, I want to thank you from when AEW first started and him doing that whole bit. Uh, and it felt like it all really went together well. Obviously, this is going to be an interesting show. Uh, Cedric, tell me what you're expecting from Tyson versus Jericho. Oh, my gosh. Um, this segment was weird for me for a number of reasons. It's obviously the callback to Tyson versus Austin years ago, and I thought AEW wouldn't be rehashing things like that. I think, I mean, Jericho turns everything water to wine. He, he creates mm-hmm. everything. He was selling it. We're yelling at Tyson, even at the end, being held back by so many people. I just, the wild card for me is Mike Tyson. Uh, this past, if you've seen his viral videos this past two weeks, he's everywhere. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to be in a match, if he's going to do a bare knuckle brawl, if he's going to fight Tyson Fury. He, he has his hand in a lot of things. So I just don't see how this plays out. Is uh, Bobo, is is Jericho the perfect person for Tyson to have a match with? Not just because of the history, but I, I feel like Jericho, the one person that can pull entertaining out of anybody is Chris Jericho. Is this a perfect pairing? I know it's, 
I know it's a bit of copying the the old WWE stuff, but uh, what do you think about this pairing? Can I talk about the copying first? I I think that's a lot lot important. So yes, on the surface, WrestleMania 14 and 10 years ago on a Monday night, which sounds like Jericho was at home sipping a beer (laughs) and Tyson broke in and they hit him. Um, The thing is, AEW is still a a brand new promotion and they want to be fan-centric. So how do you impart a legacy that, that doesn't exist, is that you reference other aspects of your culture. I'm from New York City. Haagen-Dazs ice cream was invented in the Bronx, but they call it Haagen-Dazs to give it an air of European superiority because it was called Bronx ice cream. You wouldn't eat it. So I understand why they did that here. That's true. Jericho, yeah, that's gross, right? Jericho was, you know, <laughs> he's, he's With that on a t-shirt, Bronx ice cream. <laughs> Bronx ice cream, man. <laughs> East River flavor. Um, Jericho's a little slower than he was 10, 15, even 20 years ago. Mike Tyson, he can still hit you. He has old man strength, but he's slow too. You need someone that if it had a slow pace match, Match, it would look believable. You could put Tyson with Darby Allen, but it will look like Darby Allen is taking two steps slower to have a match with Tyson, and that kind of ruins the mystique. So I'm on board with this, even though it has a little bit of a WWE like tinge in the corner for it, you know? I gotta respond to that because I said on Raw. So no one thinks that I'm biased, no one thinks that I pick sides. When WWE started putting people in the audience, other wrestlers in the audience, people are like, Jack, what do you think about them copying AEW? I said, it's great. It's a great idea. You should use great ideas. Why not? Has this been done before somewhere else? Sure. Is it a great idea? Yeah, just do it. It's fun. Who cares? That's that's where I come from. If it's fun, who cares? I clearly did not come from the Bronx if I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bronx ice cream coming soon. It's back in the Bronx. I say if it's fun. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, so so um, so that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we we saw a few promos earlier in the night as well. Cody Rhodes comes out, makes a few jokes about not being welcome in Connecticut. Uh, but the big thing here is he says he's going to do an open challenge every week. Uh, I think some people see some uh, some shades of other WWE storylines they've used in the past there. But my question, uh, Cedric, is doesn't didn't that kind of feel like it made the battle royal later in the night meaningless if every, like you're going to get a shot every week? Well, I think it's a way to get more superstars that haven't been used over. And I think that's what it is. You know, Cody Rhodes is a great worker and just getting everybody the opportunity to get the TV time. That's at least that's how I viewed it. More superstars get the FaceTime, and that's exactly what the other company, what Cena was doing with the Invitational Challenge. So I, I like it. I think it's going to actually build the title as well. Let's make the title relevant. But if I'm in the uh, the Battle Royal, if I hear that right before I go out, wouldn't it behoove me to just say, I'm just going to jump out. I'm not going to get beat up, and I'll just challenge him in two weeks. Well, <laughs> I, I, maybe that's why I'm not a pro. That that's the like worst promotion ever. <laughs> Ah, screw this, I'm out. <laughs> I want to be the first challenger, Jack. Come on, number one. <laughs> I'll wait that it dies down. <laughs> well, we, uh, well, we, speaking of first challengers, we also saw a promo from MJF, uh, who is so annoying that even his own buddy looks like he wants to beat him up, which I, I loved. Uh, I have a question, though. MJF mentioned he's undefeated. Uh, John Moxley also is undefeated. Uh, Flo, do you think that it's best for these guys in a perfect world? We don't know what's happening. We, we know certain things are happening, like uh, Brian Cage is coming up, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But 
do you think if your AEW is the smart money to keep them both undefeated and put them head to head down the road? Or do you think you should just keep them separate for a little bit because you don't need to do that? That's absolutely the best course of action. But if it's not going to happen, then you might as well keep them separate. Because once you start reminding them they're both undefeated in the same room, anyone who believes in, in rank, rankings and wrestling is going to go, wait a minute. So yeah, I'll keep MJF undefeated and have him beat QT Marshall every week if you're going to put him on the side because Brian Cage is hot right now. Why wouldn't you push that? Exactly. Well, it's true. So, uh, but... He, they went into this match, they went into this battle royal, and we had all sorts of people. Uh, we had Peter Avalon, we had Luchasaurus, Cole Cabana, Jungle Boy, Christopher Daniels. Uh, we had Brandon Cutler, Marco Stunt, Sonny Kiss, Wardlow, MJF, Orange Cassidy, and Billy Gunn. Um, I feel like there's only a handful of people that we actually expected to win here. Uh, my first comment, and Cedric, I'll ask this to you, Billy Gunn. Did he get bigger since he was in WWE? Because he was bigger than Luchasaurus. I felt, I'll be honest, I felt like he kind of made Luchasaurus not seem like as big of a guy when he went eye to eye and Billy Gunn was bigger than him. Was that a bad move to have him in that match? Uh, that's just the benefits of DDP yoga at that, at that <laughs> old age. Um, I don't think it was a bad idea. I, I, I like the callbacks. Billy Gunn has always been a very big, in shape guy. And just, I think it just adds like impressiveness to his physique at that age if anything to have another big body in the battle royal is always a good good thing because if you just have luchasaurus towering over everybody with nobody that can see eye to eye with him we already know that oh, as a wrestling for everything and like okay he's gonna get at least eight people out of here yeah it's i don't know i saw it and i thought i want to see more billy gunn i don't know how old he is i'm sure he's older than most of the guys in that match but he looked every bit able to go in the ring. And like I said, he looked massive. I don't remember him being that big. Maybe WWE is the land of the giants, as they always say. But I don't remember him being that big. I was blown away by how tall he was. Uh, Bobo, I'm all for seeing a famous are here and there. All for it. <laughs> I, I always thought Billy Gunn deserved better. I was always a big fan of his. Uh, Inner Circle took out Orange Cassidy. Uh, Bobo, where is that going? Are we going to see a best friend's Inner Circle uh scuffle or are we going to see orange cast take on one of them do you think that's leading anywhere what's going on with that i hope it it tends to take the inner circle down card a bit because they're kind of crowding the event right now so have them with the best friends and orange cassidy their unit going up or the proud and powerful and maybe hager just or maybe or even Guevara being the third in there i'm i'm totally fine with that because we love inner circle we love that doing it but it gets to a point where you have to wonder hey, these are five capable guys how come they're not <laughs> you know the champions in all of your divisions so i think it's perfect the orange cassidy is a perfect form for people to be like go orange go you can do it i keep going <laughs> I places <guess> <laughs> He steals the show every time, even at the end here, when we get down to MJF and Wardlow and Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy. I love it got down to these four because I feel like all four of them were people we wanted to see win. So I think as, as viewers, we were all a little bit like, yeah, it's going to be someone cool that wins that we want to see win. Uh, Wardlow doesn't make it. I, I loved MJF getting dumped over with the help of Jungle Boy. I think, again, that continuity that AEW is really good at playing off of double or nothing um did the right guy win though jungle is jungle boy the right person to win cedric Ooh, i think the house money was on mjf winning um but like we said we keep people for farther away from each other because you know that's gonna be the eventual blow off so yeah i think jungle boy has had some great matches in the past month and i think a match between him and cody rhodes would be stellar 
I think that's going to be a great yeah. on paper because you're still building the profile mm-hmm. of Jungle Boy as somebody who's going to be the face of the company um, years down the road. Does Jungle Boy need to step away from the uh, Jungle Express and start being more Jack Perry and less Jungle Boy? I would love that. I would love that. We talked about that earlier. I would love if he had just a Hollywood pretty boy gimmick. Just play mm-hmm. off his father's name, get rid of the the um, Jurassic Express um, garb and whatnot like that. Just play that up. Yeah. He has the look for it. He's a great worker. It, it can be so much better. Um, and maybe we will see that. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, I think I, I love the Jungle Express. I definitely think that that aspect of it has sort of run its course, unless you want to do like a tag team run for them for a little bit, but they've got so many tag teams. I don't know. I think Jungle Boy is ready to to start hopping on the microphone and having some real serious one-on-one feuds. Uh, I love the way this match ended as well. I thought that was a, a really cool uh, Hurricane Rana, Frankensteiner. I call them Frankensteiners, but everyone reprimands me for it. So I'll call it <laughs> Hurricane Rana uh, over the top rope. And as everyone said, that would be a good one. Uh, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian took on SCU for the num- for a chance at the, at, at the titles. Uh, Flobo, something about this match bugged me, and, I, and I'm going to tell you what it is. Double or nothing, best friends win a shot at the tag team titles. And the very next show, before that match happens, they have another match for a shot at the tag team titles. Did that sort of make the pay-per-view match not as important? I mean, I know they still get that match, but is that, like, weird, or were you happy with this? Uh, I, can't, I can't say less important, but yeah, that's just weird. And I think that wouldn't have happened. It's an unforced error. That wouldn't happen if they didn't have that, that two hours to fill this week. But yeah, once you have a number one contenders match that you theoretically have to pay $50 for, that couple, that tag team should be first in line. So I don't understand why they did it. But if it was like a, hey man, we're short, send him out there. Then I, I totally understand that. To, to their defense, that match was the buy-in, so it was free. But I get what you're saying about the $50 thing. Uh, I'm a stickler for detail. So uh, I'm a huge fan of Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. I think they just look cool. I like that their styles are so different, but for some reason they go together. Cedric, do you want to see this tag team do big things? Or are you kind of like, let's just keep them, let's just, let's just have them do, have a few matches and then go their separate ways? I think they should have some matches because I love the depth of the of a tag team division in any promotion. I think having great depth, especially with guys that you want to use that really aren't doing anything singles wise, it's, it's good. I think we obviously know who the premier tag teams are in the, in the division right now, but having them get some wins over some of those guys, it helps. I, I'm, I don't mind it at all. I am a huge fan of Kip Sabian, so I want him to do big, big things. I like Jimmy Havoc as well. I like Penelope Ford a lot. I love that she was jawing it up with Brandy on the outside. I hope they've got big things planned for her because she's really great. SCU is also amazing. I see Scorpio Sky as a world champion. I've said it multiple times. I think he's going to be a world champion soon. He's just got everything you'd need for a world championship. Cedric, I don't know if I've asked you this. Am I crazy to say Scorpio Sky is someone who could be a very soon world champion? I think it could happen in 2020, absolutely. So I agree with you. I think what we saw him for his, from his singles run months ago, just his backstory, the promos, it engaged me. So I think, I don't know if that means he has to break up from SCU. Um, it could be type like a New Day type of thing. But I, I would love to see him get that run where he's actually holding the belt. Do you think SCU will break up? Do you think they should break up? <sighs> I like them as a trio. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like breaking up good things, but if it means the success of Scorpio Sky, then... So be it. 
I agree. I love SCU, but I think I would rather see Scorpio Sky as the world champion if it was between one or the other. Lobo, you agree, right? Of, of Scorpio Sky being world champion? Yeah, and they should break up SCU and make him world champion. If if you're doing, I'm kind of torn. If you're if you're doing that, then it can't be this year. I, if you're going to break up SCU, you got to give him time to really establish who Scorpio Sky is. It may be full gear 2021. Uh, but if you're doing it now, if you're giving the title the title now, then sure, yeah, let the new day happen where it's like SCU. This is the worst championship I've ever yeah. been to, or whatever they do. They, they do. I actually like SCU a lot. I just like to stick it to other co-host uh, Anissa Barr, who absolutely <laughs> loves them. So I like to uh, say I want him to break up. I know John uh, Moxley. So, um, so we had a, a women's match, uh, Christy James versus uh, Hikaru Shida. This was Shida's first match as the women's champion. And before I talk about her, because I have so much praise for her, I want to talk about James, man. I thought she looked great. I thought she stood out. I thought she handled herself well. Uh, Cedric, would you like to see a bit more of her? Absolutely. I know she had her debut match on AEW Dark. Let's bring more people in the division. Let's have some parody. I would love to see her in more matches. I would love to see her get some wins. I think she has a good character on her hands. And getting that opportunity to go against the champion only highlights her because uh, she held her own. Yeah, I thought she definitely held her own. Flobo, uh, she definitely had the, like, Brazil flag, and she was definitely rocking that whole thing. Do you like it when characters embrace the nation they're from to that degree, or do you feel like it's kind of a basic role? I think it's you know a little I mean? bit of both. I mean, it's 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 weird when when back in the '90s when poor Justin Credible was the Portuguese Man of War because then it's <laughs> weird. And also in yeah. WWE when they have like these like Irish last kicker or a Scottish psychopath, but I'm coming out and I'm a badass and I represent my flag or or my my city or my hometown. I didn't. No one batted an eye when when uh, CM Punk came up with the, the Red Stars in Chicago. That's all well and good. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I just asked the questions. I don't know. I think it's okay. fine. I'm, I mean, fine. if I was if I was wrestling somewhere in some other country, I'd come out with the American flag. Why not? Um, I'm a stickler for American flag gimmicks. Heal of faith. I'm always here for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the champ. Let's talk about Sheeta. I am so excited with the way she defended this title. It feels like this women's division has taken off. Uh, I love that she didn't just squash somebody. I like that she actually fought because I feel like it made her more of a fighting champion in that case. Uh, Cedric, would you have preferred to see her come out strong or do you like that she had a little bit of a struggle before the win? No, I like the struggle. Uh, I think every champion should feel human. The The work rate of a champion is important. It lets you know that they're not going to just lay down. So any competitor, like you said, it makes her feel more of a, like a working champion. I, I like that. That it was actually a hard-fought match. It lets her know that she's going to actually compete to the very end against whomever. Especially coming off I, such like a pff, hellacious match at Double or Nothing. Yeah, that was such a good match. Double or Nothing was so good. I love that. I love that. AW's crushed it with every pay-per-view they've done. I don't know what it is they do. I don't know what they put in the water, but they always do a good show. But you mentioned fighting champions, and we have a fighting champion walking out to the announce table John Moxley, uh, saying a few things. I like that he really sold the fact that he was beat up from that match and, and talked about it. Uh, of course, the story, though, is Brian Cage coming out and just wrecking poor Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson, who's also been looking pretty good on AEW Dark as well. Uh, <laughs> I think 
I think Brian Cage has one of the coolest move sets in wrestling right now. But when he hits the uh, the drill claw, I believe he call, calls it, I just cringe every time. It looks so terrifying. I've never said in my life, I don't know if I think they should be doing a certain move. Should he be doing that move? That looks so scary. Why not? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it reminds me of when I was a kid, the first time I saw the vertebraker, I was like, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Every so yeah. once in a while, if someone agrees to take that move, then why not? But Brian Cage, backed up by Taz, you know it's going to hurt because that promo was the best work I've seen in Taz in years. So drill call all day, baby. Yes, yes, I agree. This was the best Taz. I, I said, I, I wrote in my notes, this is the best use of Taz I have seen in as long as I can remember. That promo was absolutely phenomenal. He seemed legit. He seemed credible. And it really felt like Cage was going to hurt some people. Do you like Cedric seeing uh, Taz as the mouthpiece? Absolutely. I think it lends credibility to Brian Cage right off the back. Like we've known Cage has was the hottest free agent in the market, but he was going to sign to somebody for some time now. And giving him that credibility right away, it, it, it makes sense that he's going to be, go straight to the main event spot. Let's be honest. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a think, menacing looking guy right off the back. Like you notice him. Yeah. I think he's the, the best signing they've got since like a, a John Moxley or a, a Chris Absolutely. Jericho. Cause, cause he doesn't have the, he's a former WWE guy brand to him, but he has all the star power you could want. They can push him, even though he's done a ton of stuff at Lucha Underground and Impact and everywhere else. It still feels like it's their guy already. Mm-hmm. And I am so I, when when he did, when he came out, I just it's, it's going to be good. Good stuffs are coming. He's a local uh, to this area that I live in around here, so I've actually worked out with him a couple of times. That is a large man. He's that's huge. Be so intimidating. Like, you're like, can you spot me? Okay, take a little weight off. Yeah, he came over and was like, hey, are you using the machine? Can I work in? I was like, oh, absolutely. You can work in, big guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's like taking your bench, doing it like one-handed. He's like, he would like curl my bench. Like, <laughs> right. The fact uh, that he's huge and agile is terrifying. Like, <laughs> That's the thing about him is he moves quick, too. Uh, I, he's, he's obviously a lot smaller than Brock Lesnar, but he definitely has that like early – Brock Lesnar vibe of like, man, he's fast, he's strong, he's vicious. Uh, big things coming for that big fella. Speaking of big things, the biggest possible honor you can have in all of pro wrestling is being listed number one on a little segment we like to call the Elite of the Week. Elite Ladies and gentlemen, week. this is the Elite of the Week. This is where we count down the top five wrestlers on AEW Dynamite and coming in at number five, it's Orange Cassidy. Look, he didn't win, but once again, he stole the show, but more importantly, he's moving up that card as he fused with the big bad, the inner circle. Big things for that guy coming soon at number four. We've got Cody He's your new TNT champion, and he is drawing a line in the sand and saying the line starts here. He's taking on all challengers. Big things for that fella as well. Number three, we got Matt Hardy. Again, another guy, every time he comes on TV, a big smile comes onto my face. I don't know how he can keep finding ways to being different versions of himself, and it's entertaining every time he does it. Uh, at number two, we got Jungle Boy. He's going to take on Cody. 
next week for that TNT title. And I think this is the first step to Jungle Boy becoming a singles superstar, whether he wins or not. But number one, guys, we all know who it is. It's FTR. They set this show off with a bang, and they took out Blade and the Butcher. They put the Young Bucks on notice, and they are going to bring the tag team division back to the top of the show. And ladies and gentlemen, that is your Elite of the Week. Elite of the Week. Thank you, Flobo. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> anyone I missed? I feel like I should have added maybe Jericho. Or yeah, I was like, Jer- Jericho's always number one. <laughs> it's a tough one. I feel like Jericho gets listed a lot, so I try to find other people if I'm being fair. totally honest. Fair, fair. He does. Fair. He's all-time, uh, all-time elite. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's like an honorary number one at all times, I think. Uh, so just assume he's like 1A or whatever. Uh, but that's that's going to do it for us. Uh, but before we go, Cedric, can you let everyone know where they can find you online? Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at said is the answer and on Twitter at said says that's C-E-double-D underscore says. Be on the lookout for the Believe in NXT podcast. Every Saturday we have your audio dope and we also hit you with uh, – preview shows every Wednesday. Oh, every Wednesday. How about that? I am so glad for Jack Perry versus Cody Rose because frankly, Jungle Boy is the stardust for Jack Perry. My name is Global Voice. You can follow me on Twitter at Global Voice, on Instagram at Flobito, and Flobito.com tomorrow, live on YouTube. Me and this guy, Jack Farmer, are wrestling with your questions. So if you have a question, let us know over on social media. We'll be sure to answer them. And Ryan in the booth, where can they find you at? Now they can hear me. You can find me, guys. I was talking and the audience couldn't hear me. Uh, you can find me unmuting myself on time in future NXT and AEW episodes, uh, and as well as Twitter at Ryan Nilsson and Ryan Nilsson on Instagram. Jack Farmer, where can they find you? Don't appreciate you putting NXT first, but uh, we will have, uh, Yikes. you can find me at jackstfarmer.com as well as at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. You can also check me out on the WWE Raw After Show every Monday at 9.15 Pacific Standard Time on AfterBuzz TV, as well as, as Flobo just said, Jack and Flobo wrestle with your questions every single Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We answer literally any questions you may have for us. You can also check me out shilling smartbutton.com smartbutton brings the power of the people to your living room all you got to do is go to smartbutton.com put in your details hit the button and it will be awesome that's it for us how do you get there for you that's crazy you just i got i yeah you gotta have your smart button ready at all times that's what you do otherwise what if something awesome happens and i don't have it here i can't get the this is awesome that'd be embarrassing (laughs) So, all that said, folks, until next time, do your best. Be yourself. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. 
Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.